0: From the studios of Teeing It Up in the of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents Kyle DeMancourt. Back on Teeing It Up and God knows how long. I was embarrassed to even look up how long it was, so I, I did not get to look up how long it's been. It's been so long since Kyle has been on this show to talk the NBA. Kyle, I, I have a conspiracy theory. I'm not into conspiracy theories, but I really think that you just waited until the Bulls became the Bulls. And right now, you know, you're sitting in second in the East, two games back of the East. He, 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 this is why you begged to come on Teeing It Up. It was, it, it was now. It was all about Chicago.
1: Timing is everything, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As you sit back here, and, and at some point after the season, Kyle and I are going to have to have like a really fun, like, everything we missed in the NBA over the past, God knows how long since he's been on, we, we've had a, a champion crown in Milwaukee and, 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 a, and a whole bunch of, of stuff, but did you ever think, if, if I were to have done a season preview podcast with you, would you have said, Cleveland sorry, uh, Chicago will be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Did, did you believe in the squad? Was your trust there? No, I mean, I never would have obviously predicted that they'd be in the position they're in
1: now. I mean, I think we all saw the, you know, when they got DeRozan, all the, the experts and the analysts had, had given the, kind of the worst off-season signing by any team. So, I mean, they got like an F for that, you know, with, as far as the contract, his age, his fit. And, you know, With Donovan there and the front office is new, you really didn't know what to expect. I mean, honestly, I was glad that we had just moved on from the GARPACs regime. You know, there's just too many years of mediocrity and too many years of worrying about the luxury tax and, you know, getting guys that really don't fit the mold. And you bring in this new squad, you kind of got these young defenders and Lonzo and Caruso, and then you had a a veteran, a savvy vet, and DeRozan, along with Levine and Vucevic. And it's like, all right, there's... There's some potential here. I'm kinda liking it, thinking like, alright, we'll be a top six, seven seed. You know, by no means that I think we'd be sitting two right now, you know, as we get into the final stretch before playoffs.
0: You're sixteen games over five hundred, and that's with losing your last two, you're six and four in your last ten. I mean that's yeah, I just mean- nuts.
1: It is nuts and we've dealt with I mean know every team has dealt with injuries, but we've we've seen a, a rash of injuries. Caruso's been out with broken wrists, you know, Lonzo Ball's been out with his meniscus injury. Levine missed some time, he's still got some issues with his knee. You know, honestly, thankfully for DeRozan, I mean DeRozan's been he's been healthy, knock on wood, he's been consistent, he's elevated his play to something that I have never seen out of him, you know, especially at this stage of his career where he's probably on the down slope he's having probably the best season of his career.
0: What is remarkable, Kyle, as I sit here, and I've talked about this uh, with some friends, you know, over a beer. Not Mm -hmm. that I was drinking said beer, but, you know, (laughs) the stuff you have over a beer. Uh, Okay, this is the NBA, and somebody's going to do something crazy. It's just the way the league is. And you get Linsanity, and you get guys on heaters. You know, you get Trey Young doing what Trey Young does. And I think a lot of people looked at DeRozan at the start of that streak as, okay, Levine's banged up, you've got other injuries, he's got to take over. Now, he's in another world. And I think the greatest compliment that can be played to what DeRozan has done has been what LeBron James and Draymond Green said. They were vacationing together uh, during the all-star break and they knew that that shot was going that that final shot was going to DeRozan and they knew he was going to make it and when you have two absolute superstars saying this is going to go in what else can you ask for
1: yeah I mean he's just been hot I mean he, you see how steady he is from the mid-range I mean, he's always been a pretty good mid-range shooter you know, he's never going to be a deep threat. Uh, it's just not his game. He will hit an occasional three. He'll have some of these games where he'll pop off for three or four, uh, but it's not something you're usually going to be worried about. But he's just so consistent with his mid-range game. You know, it is. It is kind of reminiscent for me of Dwayne Wade. We all remember how good Wade was in that mid-range game, be able to attack the basket. So he's just expanded his game. I mean, he, feeding back to his last year or so with San Antonio, you know, he became more of a facilitator. He's taken on a lot of that role, too, with Chicago, you know, being down Lonzo, being down Caruso, Levine being hurt. So he's really expanded his game, obviously, defensively. It's never going to be his his focal point. You know, he's he's okay. He's passable in that area. But the consistency and the ability to score in the fourth quarter, to score in the clutch, I think he has the highest plus minus of anybody in the fourth quarter in basketball. I mean, that's just, it's absurd. You know, never thought a guy in his low 30s, mid 30s, at this point, but he has, and that's why the Bulls are where they are.
0: The other thing, too, that has really impressed me when you make that uh, Wade, uh, the uh, D Wade uh, uh, comparison, is one of D Wade's signature. Because see, so many guys can go to the basket. You then need to have the next part of your game to, you know, kind of take from there. And and what D Wade did so well is that kind of. It's not a step back. It's more like that that sideways spin thing, where where he would just like make the defender completely unsure what you know he was going to do. Is he going to try to lay this up? Is he going to try to spin out of it? First shot? Is he going to pull back? Is he going to pass? And what DeRozan I think has done, and I think it helps to have somebody like Zach Levine on your team, who's been able to expand his repertoire as well from you know being one of these bigs that can now do anything is it has allowed DeRozan to not have to be the guy and also at the same time hasn't had to make Levine the guy. And I think you guys for so long lacked multiple pieces that could be the guy, but now don't have to be the guy.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we didn't have a go-to guy, and we didn't have a lot of facilitators. Ball handlers could, you know, Shot makers, guys that can create their own shot. Now we do, and I think with DeRozan, I mean his footwork. You look at his footwork again; that reminds me of Wade, Kobe, and Jordan, the guys that lived kind of in that mid-range game for a while. His footwork is perfect. I mean, his ability to to essentially read the defense, get to his spot, and his pump fake is arguably one of the best we've ever seen. He's a good free, really good free throw shooter. So all that stuff, and like you said, combining with Levine, Levine, I mean. I think Levine needed a guy like DeRozan. I think Levine wants to be the guy. I think he can be that guy, but I don't think he's quite there yet. And his knee, obviously, is not 100%. I'll give him a little bit of a pass on that one. But DeRozan's definitely taking the pressure off of him, and they just work well together. I mean, they mesh really well, their games.
0: Isn't it crazy, Kyle, how good the Ball brothers have become?
1: (laughs) It was like
0: all this hype. And I think it's gone, frankly, under... No, un- under-noticed isn't the right way of terming it, but for all that that the father hyped these kids to be, they have actually been really good NBA players. Really solid They've players, been, night and
1: night they out. Have. They've been fantastic. I mean, Lonzo has improved significantly since he came in the league. I mean, he couldn't shoot at all when he first came in the league. He's, he's really improved his three-point shooting. He's a terrific facilitator and defender. He's just got such a feel for the game that you can't and then you got LaMelo, who just, he can do everything. I mean, he's, you can argue he's a top five point guard. probably is a top five point guard in the league already right now, if not higher. I mean, he's that good. So, yeah, they, you know, when LaVar gets out of the way, everything's good, right? You just yeah. have to let the guy, let the kids play and let them do their thing. And their game will do the talking. And that's And that's kind of what's happening right now.
0: Um, you know... The Knicks and, and and by the way, please don't mention free throws for the rest of this conversation because the the Knicks and their free throw rows, woes. Uh, oh God, I, I just I, I it is so aggravating to want a team to be, be either competitive or somewhat competitive and lose the bleeping game because the free throws won't go in at the level that that, that that the Knicks have done lately. Anyway, side note, just just completely unrelated to anything. Um, but when they played Miami the other night, I think we as fans, we get drawn to certain guys. And you look at somebody like a Bam, and he's just, you know, tapping it out, tapping it out, and it's just... <laughs> The way that Pat and Eric Spolstra have refreshed that lineup and that roster is just remarkable. And what I'm curious about is, you've got somebody in Riley and Spolstra, or, or two guys, who saw the beauty of, of Wade up close. And I wonder if they're looking at you guys being like, wow, this this is actually eerily reminiscent. And it could lead to a really interesting series. In terms of, A, the fact that Jimmy Butler can just do anything he wants on the planet, but B, they've got the complementary pieces that work for them, that have been proven champions, and now you guys are ascending. It's a long way off, but I think a series between you guys could be really interesting. It could. I mean, Miami beat us pretty good last night, and it
1: shows that they we've got some work to do. Obviously, we're missing some really key players, but... Miami's system is what makes it great, like you said, Pat Riley and Spo, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. Obviously, they and they have a good mesh of guys who know their roles and guys who can be the alpha. You know, obviously Jimmy Butler's an alpha and he knows his role and he, he likes to take over a game when he needs to. Lowry's kind of been in and out of the lineup this year, but I kind of consider Lowry a little bit of an alpha. He's not afraid in a key moments. Bam is just, a, like you said, a really good player, knows his role. And then you got the role players, like P.J. Tucker, Tyler Heroes who's a really good player in his own right. Duncan Robinson,
0: I mean, they're Duncan just... Duncan Robinson,
1: yeah, Gabe Vincent, they have a really good bench. They
0: are just so annoying. Team. They are so bleeping annoying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are, I mean, they're just, they're pesky, you know. P.J. Yep. Tucker brings that element that he brought to Milwaukee when they won it last year. You know, he, he's a guy every team needs to have. And yep. he will be an agitator, but he can also hit that corner three... So they're just a good team. They defend well. They play well as a team, and there's a reason why they're they're the number one seed right now.
0: I want to flip to the West because I just like the West. Kyle, uh, 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 Kyle of is with us here on Teeing it up. There's there's a lot of different places you can go in the West. Um, you can go up top, and you know this six game lead now over the Warriors and what that means for Phoenix as they wait as as they wait for Chris Paul to come back. Talking about the Laker woes. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different directions to go here. But I want to talk about John Morant and Memphis. Um, there are times that a superstar comes on the scene, which he has, and it's not good enough. It just doesn't carry you enough. Then there's what he has done, which has elevated an entire roster to be twenty-three games over five hundred. Number three in the West, and clearly, and it's not even close. One of the top three teams in that conference. It is remarkable to me. You look at the at the way that 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 conference breaks down. When when people think of of Phoenix, in in, in, in my mind at least, it's 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 uh, Chris Paul plus Devin. With the Warriors, it's Steph. It's Clay, it's Draymond, it's all these interesting complimentary pieces that we're finally hopefully gonna see play out. With Memphis, it's almost like it's a guy. And there are more there, obviously, but it's still like what they've done just blows my mind.
1: No, you're right. And and you know, I get this a lot from you know, friends and stuff in our in my basketball groups, and my brother. You know, people say that kind of comparing Ja
0: to Derrick Rose in the you know his MVP season in two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely similarities. I still, you know, I stand by this. I mean, I, I don't think they're they're
1: different in the, in that regard. I think Rose, what he did having the Bulls is the one seed that season, and the way he attacked the rim and hit hit the mid range. Not saying that Ja's not like that because he is. But I still think it's a little premature to say that, hey, this is like the Derrick Rose. It's very close. The teams are built very similar. Uh, that Bulls team was obviously really defensive-minded with Tibbs. But if you, like you said, if you think about that Memphis team, you know, Bain has obviously been elevated because of Morant. You know, Steven Adams has kind of had a little bit of a resurgence uh, with Memphis. Jackson is a really good player. So it is. It's kind of this one guy again reminiscent of that Bulls team with one guy around some some really solid role players and that's kind of what you have now are they better than golden state are they better than a healthy phoenix i i don't think so personally Same. in my opinion but but again injuries are going to play a factor and if chris paul is going to be out that changes the narrative there you know we we don't know about draymond green's status still and clay's been in and out so there's no stopping really memphis right now from coming out of the West I mean they could they definitely could if, if everything falls their way
0: what's interesting to me about the Warriors is that you have Clay who's been out with an illness that's probably the best possible thing that could happen to the Warriors in that sense like have it be just he's got a flu or a cold or strep throat or whatever the issue is it's not COVID just just have him stay at home it rests his legs And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people have not talked about when it comes to Clay, is he has this this ramp up. He has had this sequence that's really interesting. That because of where they are and because of the season Steph Curry has had, they've been able to give themselves this insane benefit of being able to have a program to build play up over time. And now you end up in the playoffs and look, steve Kerr said it to rachel nichols we we need a year off and that's what they got they got an opportunity to completely refresh themselves to me if i'm looking at somebody like milwaukee a lot of basketball in a really short amount of time if you're looking at uh you know philly high pressure basketball when you're looking at what brooklyn's trying to do remember folks Kevin Durant went to the Olympics. Is, is this injury the best thing that could have happened to him in the sense of getting him some rest? Was he going to tire out at some point? You look at that Warrior team, and this is a rested bunch. Ouch. Watch out.
1: No, I agree, and I think they gotta keep that balance with Clay. I mean, he needs the reps, you know, he needs to be out there and play, but they also have to be mindful of his injury history, right? And with Draymond, it's we haven't really gotten too many updates. I mean, it's a lower back disc issue, you know, which is worrisome, definitely. I mean, he re- did return to practice yesterday, but still not taking contact. But, well, the State, the like I said, they have the luxury of kind of resting guys. They don't have – I don't think they care what seed they have, to be honest. I mean, I think they can go into a, a you know, series on the road and win. I mean, they're obviously not good enough. So, I, I think seating doesn't really matter. I think it's just getting guys healthy. You know we know that those three guys they know how to play together, so it's not really about rhythm or continuity. It's just more about getting guys healthy and ready to go.
0: I'm Kyle the Manicore with us here on teeing it up. Um, all right, there's a segment I do with your fellow NBA friend uh, Jordan Brickman on here called uh, uh, um, uh, called Explain the Beef, and it uh, started with rap beat a uh, uh, rap beefs hip-hop beefs why is this person releasing diss tracks of somebody else you know, just just kind of expressing um you know ways that that somebody can be upset with somebody we have the lakers and what the heck is going on with this is it injuries is it covid is it I think a lot of people looked at bringing in Russell Westbrook as this big question mark. Could he buy in? Could he make fit in this system? And instead, it seems like LeBron is LeBron. Anthony Davis has had the injury issues, and, and it just kind of just hasn't worked. It's been, and and you look at that game for example against the Knicks, and he's not even the guy in there during crunch time. Is this a bad fit? Is this? Um, something that is fixable? Is this a some kind of uh, people aggravated with each other? Uh, you know, uh, down there, uh, down low, which hasn't come to the forefront yet.
1: Yeah, I think it's just it's just a poorly constructed roster. And I think you know we kind of could tell from the off season that the direction they were going in was a little bit odd. I mean, we know LeBron likes to play with his friends, and that's fine. But you bring in some older guys and Carmelo. You, Get Dwight Howard back. I mean, it's just bringing Westbrook. It's just a weird fit, right? And Anthony Davis has a significant injury history, obviously. And you know, LeBron is battling father time. Yeah, he's still highly productive. He's still great, but you know, he's had his moments too. And the Westbrook thing is just—it's a weird fit. And I don't think it's fixable right now during the season. I think what's more likely is he'll be gone come off season. But they're a complete dysfunction right now. And I think Jay will Jay Williams on ESPN said called call them quitters that they quit the other night in the game and pointing fingers at one another calling out fans I mean they're arguing with Lakers fans courtside like where do you see that when you're at home so it's just a major dysfunction and I think you know yes LeBron's playing good but he's got to take some of the heat for this too I mean he signed off on Westbrook we all know LeBron the GM likes building teams really only what he wants but it's just not a good team and at the end of the day you know it's not going to be good this year, and they're really going to have to just figure it out come off season, because they're kind of strapped too financially. They don't really have a lot of assets, you know. They're in a tough spot, so I, I don't really know what the long term game is for them. But I think Westbrook will definitely be—he'll be gone come off season.
0: Just crazy to think, but he, he, what's interesting to me is like I look at. I look at Julius Randle with the Knicks and you could see, especially early in the season, the level of um, just absolute, not pressure, but like, okay, this is my time to step up. And then, you know, the whole thumbs down thing. And it, and, and it just, you know, goes from there with, with having trouble. Um, how do you accept bad play? and keep your head up and there's a a problem and I think you saw that with you know the arguments with Laker fans that they're having issues with fans who are like yo this was supposed to be something better than this and now we're going to be in the playing tournament again? like what the bleep is going on here? and as a player in my mind at least right you look at If you look at the six teams right now that are linked to being in, you know, to to having avoided all this, and it's a three and a half game lead for for Denver over Minnesota right now, Phoenix, Golden State, uh, Memphis, Utah, Dallas, Denver. I have not heard one bad thing about anybody on that roster not related to the basketball
1: It's, it's clearly
0: there's no soap operas going on with no, it's just it's those. dysfunctional.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, as great as LeBron is, there's drama everywhere it goes. So, I mean, we know the history of that. So they just haven't been a good team. And when your when your expectations going into the season are to be, you know, NBA champ contenders, and now you're borderline playing games, missing the playoffs. I mean, that's there's going to be ramifications. There's going to be you know voices, loud voices out there, and and. There's going to be boiled up frustration, and right now, like I said, they're just—they're just not a good basketball team. They—they just—they're—they're they're out of it. They're not into the game. I mean, the defensively, they're—they're they're poor on that end of the, the court. core, and it's just kind of trickling down now. And it's now it's a blame game, basically
0: throwing balls into the second row, which is always been.
1: Yeah, a nice West, look. Westbrook is, for better or worse, he's kind of the scapegoat. I mean, he's—I'm not a huge Westbrook fan personally. I think he's. His game just isn't going to age well, you know. As he gets older, he just doesn't have that type of game that'll age well. But I also don't think it's fair that he's taking all of the blame, you know, for this. I think you know he was brought into this with, with the hope that those big three could work out, but he's had to adjust his game more than anybody. So I don't think it's fair to say that he's fully to blame for the, the reason why the Lakers are so so bad right now.
0: Um. All right, so let's look at this. Uh, Kyle DeMannecourt with us here on teeing it up. You look at. The Eastern Conference, and uh, we've got a bunch of teams with a bunch of unknowns, um, which is always interesting. Step number one is is this whole Philly thing, um, and we still don't have um, any sight of Ben Simmons, so we're we're going off of right now as we talk on March first about Philly uh, and, and what they can possibly do. And I saw them on Sunday, and. It looked like something that can work, and something that would let Joel um, kind of have an interesting time at getting into sets earlier, getting into sets later. So much of when Harden's in control is up to what Harden wants, um, and 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 not down to specific plays and specific uh, places that that the playbook might put them in. When you look at the 76ers right now, um, is this a team in your mind as currently constructed that can make it all the way to the NBA Finals?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think if Harden is buying in like he's shown the first two games that he's in with the Sixers, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, Embiid is a monster. That guy, as long as he's healthy and he's always going to have that occasional injury scare or something might pop up. Hopefully knees, hopefully not. But I think absolutely they can run the table and get all the way there and, and win it all. I mean, they're that good. They have really solid role, role players and, and, you know, pieces of such as Tobias Harris and Maxi. You know, they've got a pretty respectable, decent bench. They might bring in DeAndre Jordan, which, you know, he's not going to offer much, but he's still a good kind of a bench unit. Got to give and beat a, a blow every now and then. But they are definitely good enough and they seem mentally right now as a team to be in a better place. There's no more Simmons drama. There's no more of that garbage. And they're moving on, and, yeah, they're dangerous.
0: My dad walks in the other day, he sees a hardened basket and goes, okay, so this is the year, uh, sorry, this is the the, uh, the time, so we're talking about, you know, this kind of three-month stretch, where Harden buys in, great, and then by August he wants out, right? I said, I don't know, beats me, but probably. Maybe, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, how would I know? Uh, so... <laughs> you then look at um, the Nets and and for me there's two questions that comes up that, that come up here number one is is Kevin Durant I trust Kevin Durant I I don't have an issue with Kevin Durant I fully believe that in your mind are you concerned about Durant at all?
1: No I'm not I think they're not going to rush him if he wasn't healthy and I think he's he's healthy now he'll be back soon and, and we all know when he's healthy he's on the court he's Particularly the best player on the planet, so I, I have no concerns either with with Kevin Durant or his availability.
0: Um, so then that brings us to this next point, which is, and and I'm going on the assumption, folks, that at some point here before the playoffs, Kyrie Irving will be able to play home games. Uh, I'm not saying I'm for this or against this. I'm not, you know, taking any. It, it, this is this is not a political show. I'm just saying that. That's my belief about where this is going leading up to the playoffs. So then you get to, all right, where's Ben Simmons' fit? And I don't, my hopes are not high. I need to see Ben Simmons. We have not seen Ben Simmons in a very long time. I will not believe that the Nets are a viable team until I actually see Ben Simmons playing NBA basketball. That's just my two cents here. I will not believe it and I will not trust anything if I if I was a Nets fan, I would not trust anything until I actually see Ben Simmons out there.
1: Yeah, I mean he's the wild card, right? I think physically, mentally, you know, we need to see what he's got. Um, now still saying that, I mean you got Kyrie and Durant, assuming Kyrie's available for everything. It's still pretty scary, right? And they got some pretty good role players, but I, I do think, yeah, Simmons is the ultimate wild card because, especially what he can bring defensively. I mean, there aren't many guys his size that can defend as well, and as, as the versatility that he brings on that end. I mean, he is—he's exactly what the Nets need, and what they're missing is that defensive-minded facilitator, not really a score-first type guy. But again, we just—you don't know. I mean, he's just dealing with some back issues still, and some stiffness, and again, the mental aspect of everything. Who knows? I mean, and we still don't know. Like you said about Kyrie, we don't know what his situation is going to be, and so there's a lot of unknowns. They're they're just they're kind of one of those teams right now that they're good enough to win it all, but if they don't have everything right that first round, they could lose the first round. I mean, they really could if they're not going to have availability, if they're not going to have guys healthy. They're kind of that weird team that can really just change everything.
0: They they really could um, um, because. There's a lot of pieces that have been in these situations, but not in this situation. And, and just for example, what I mean, folks, is you, you look at Golden State, right? This is, this is these guys plus, you know, plus some new pieces. But, but, but essentially you, you have a core, right? Well, Brooklyn has, has a bunch of guys that have been here, but not a core. It's just a bunch of guys that have been there. And it's a very movable, thingy going on here and you look at whether it's Cleveland who's ascending up you don't know how they're going to react in the big moment and also will somebody like a Darius Garland have the same shooting percentages against tough defenses and and other you know guys on that team that's very much a a team no I am team like deal when when defenses get tough can they keep it up and then For me, I go back to your Bulls, and is this a team that is also dependent on having some easier defenses to play against, or can they withstand the harder defenses that you're going to see later on in the playoffs? Yeah, the East is loaded. I mean, everybody's.
1: Some people still got that narrative that the West is better, but no, the East is loaded, Uh, and they're it's strong. It's going to be strong from one through eight. So I I mean, it's going to play out. Like I said, injuries are going to play a huge factor. Uh, hopefully God forbid you don't know, have the COVID issues that play a factor into this but it's really going to be tough to see there are several teams that could come out of the East and I don't know if I could fully say hey this one team isn't guaranteed I mean there are multiple teams that could come out of the East and really match are going to play a role too but you know like you said Cleveland it's just that they're even where they are is astounding I mean they're such a young team and they're dealing with some serious injuries right now with Garland and but they defend so well I mean they're one of the best Defensive backcourt, backcourts in basketball. I mean, they're strong defensively. And they only give up 102 points a game. So you got Milwaukee there, the champs. They've been there. They're strong. I mean, you can't really rule them out. Boston defends really well. They're hitting their stride right now. Philly, Chicago, I Miami mean, there, even Toronto. Toronto's got some firepower, so it's a really strong conference.
0: It's going to be something that gets uh, won and lost maybe in... Uh, prime time um, at the same time that's obviously music uh, to fans ears it is not music to your ears yeah I mean as a Bulls <laughs> fan as a Bulls fan, a Bulls fan that's out. like the last thing you need um, but I'm also at the same
1: time I'm excited for meaningful basketball you know I mean yes. I, I want to see the competition I want to see good matchups and I don't think we're gonna have a bad matchup once we're
0: there are going to be intriguing matchups. Uh, Very intriguing, yes. absolutely. And they may not be the sexiest, but they, you know. And it could be, you know, you you look at the Cavs, you know, you know, for example, Markinen Will he have a tippin' that lives on in playoff lore forever? You know, it's like what random person on this list is going to say something, right? And, or yes. do something, and that that always leads to something. All right, let me. get you out on this one, Kyle. Right now, right now, as we sit here on March 1st, the two teams that you would guess, again, this is not you, the the Bulls fan, just you, the NBA fan, the two teams you would think are going to be in the NBA Finals are? Milwaukee and Golden State. Is that all? That would be... History and experience-based? Yeah, I mean, I just think Old State is the cream of the
1: crop. I, I really don't think we've seen their best yet this year. Same. And again, this is assuming that Draymond Green will be back and it'll be healthy. Uh, Clay, I think, you know, we'll get what you need out of Clay. But in Milwaukee, I just think, you know, sometimes after a championship year, there's a little bit of a hangover. And yeah, they're sitting five, but they're, they're 11 games over 500. You know, they got a really strong differential. They score points. I mean, I just think Milwaukee is just so... well, And Giannis is... He's a great freak. I mean, he's really hard to stop, and he's he looks better this year. It's crazy that it that sounds he's he's better. He's playing at a higher level, and I just love Milwaukee's makeup.
0: We shall see how all this plays out. Um, Kyle, it's been great having you back on Teeing It Up. It's been too long. It's my fault. Now the world knows it. All of you millions <laughs> of streaming people, thank you for standing by me and forgiving me for my sin um you're the best and thank you as always for coming and seeing you, it up
1: yeah i appreciate having me on jeremy it's always uh, an honor for me to be on here with you
0: um it's, it's 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 always an honor just for me to talk to you so there's that too well, thank you uh, <laughs> Folks, enjoy. Uh, this is going to be a fun run to the end here uh, for this NBA season. Enjoy it, and we will talk to you soon. And Take care, everybody.